Hey everyone, this week we have a really distraught but thought-provoking question, kind of follow-up question on guns and Christians owning them. A couple of other questions as well. So stay tuned on Ask. Welcome again. This is Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie here at Cornerstone Church. This is where you ask biblical questions or, you know, questions about life or issues like we have this week. So submit your questions. Go to cornerstonebv.org. Go to the media page drop down. You'll see Ask. Just click on it and then leave your question. We need your question for upcoming episodes. So for the first question this week, what is the biblical perspective on American gun culture? Specifically, the idea that we have the right to bear arms when it is costing children their lives. In the last four weeks alone, there have been numerous episodes of gun violence. There's a Nashville school shooting, the Kansas bank shooting, the shooting of the 16-year-old boy who accidentally went to the wrong house, the murder of the 20-year-old girl uh, who turned around in someone's driveway, and now a mass shooting in Maine. As a parent of young children, I have had it with people claiming guns aren't the problem. It certainly seems like they are, and I'm tired of Christians acting like gun rights are more precious than lives. What is God's opinion? Well, you probably have to ask God that first, but I'll give you mine. Um, first, I do think the tone of the question, which is why I left the whole thing in, shows you have a very broken heart about this, uh, behind this whole matter, and I truly appreciate that. This is a very broken problem, but it's also a complicated issue. And so without, you know, treading on too much ground that I spoke of last week, you can see that episode for more gun talk, let me try to be helpful to you. First, I implore all of us, not just the person who asked the question, to approach this topic like all others in the spirit of Christ. This means humility. For both sides of the issue, we need to treat the other side who disagree with us with respect. We truly need to listen to what they have to say. I bring you back to one thing the questioner said, I quote, I have had it with people claiming guns are not the problem. It certainly seems like they are, right? And then also saying that people think gun rights are more precious than lives. So this type of language means your mind is already made up and the other side is definitely uncaring and is fine with children dying. Now, you could be correct about the gun issue, right? You could be, and, and still you're gonna lose the battle because you are demeaning people and yelling at them and making assumptions about them. I get your frustration, but you will only make any progress in discussions if you're willing to listen and dialogue. I say this to my very pro-gun friends as well. Making assumptions about the other side of an argument is never ever helpful and it's not the spirit of Jesus, right? So here's, I have a few questions when it comes to the gun issue. First, is this just a gun issue, right? Do we know for sure? The guns have been around for a long time, and these mass shootings uh, are relatively new phenomena. So this tells us that there are much deeper issues at play. Uh, it's not just that guns are available, so people are going to shoot children in schools, right? However, the point that guns are more high-tech and can do more damage today, it's definitely true, right? So there are good discussions that need to be made about who can own a gun, what type of guns they should have access to, etc. Okay, so second question, let's assume that guns are at least part of the problem. So then you could say, well, if we didn't have guns, right, then they couldn't be used. Which leads to my second question. Is guns the worst part of the problem that are causing these shootings and these horrible things, these acts of violence? 
And if not, how far down the list would guns be? For instance, if we agree that guns are part of the issue, but things like depression, alcohol and drug abuse, broken families, unchecked internet use, lack of faith in homes, etc., are also part of the problem, and we were to form a list of what issues contribute to these things more, would you say gun access is at the top? Because I definitely wouldn't. We might disagree. Guns would be below many of those things that I listed. Okay, so you might still say, hey, it doesn't matter. We're not going to fix our broken society. It's, it's just not going to happen. So we need to take guns away. Because at least then, depressed, uh, desperate, and angry people, they won't be able to shoot up schools. And there is something to be said for that, right? But this leads me to a third question I have. Who then should own guns? Nobody? Or are you okay with portions of society owning guns, like the police, security, government? And if so, we better really, really trust these people, that they can get there in time to help you because now you cannot defend yourself. And that they're, you know, also never gonna be corrupt. You know, the, the whole right to bear arms embedment was for the people to have the ability to defend against tyranny. And if you're okay to say, nah, our government is not tyrannical, and I trust them to have the power of weapons and not me, then you'd say yes. But you have to at least admit, this is a complicated issue. And there's many sides to the discussion to consider. Okay, lastly, as far as what the Bible is concerned, there is not much there regarding owning weapons. It's clear that many did. Certainly God had, you know, armies, especially in the Old Testament. Um, but misuse of weapons to hurt others is always a sin. This is clear. But having them for self-defense, I mean, Luke 22, Jesus is okay with the apostles owning swords. Verse 37, it says, For I tell you this, Scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, Look, Lord, there are, here are two swords. And Jesus said to them, It is enough. He mean it was enough swords or whatever, but he didn't seem to condemn having them. But later he did condemn Peter's use of the sword on the soldier. So there is nothing in the Bible that says we cannot own a gun, but we should be ruled by a few principles. Number one, we should be peacemakers always. Two, what, do we, do, what we do must always honor God. And three, we are to obey laws of our society, even if it directly asks us to contradict our biblical unless it contradicts biblical truth, even if it means our constitution is violated, because the constitution is important, but it's not scripture, right? Whole nother episode, probably. But to sum it up, saying guns are the main reason for these horrible shootings seems naive to me. But at the same time, having such dangerous weapons available does contribute to the scale of danger. But we must humbly enter into discussion with each other without name-calling or widespread assumptions being made. That just never helps. So hopefully this has helped. If not, let me know. We can approach it again. Second question. In Matthew 15, 24, Jesus says, he replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What does that mean? In my uneducated mind, that means that Jesus came only for the Jews and not for everyone or Gentiles. So you're not uneducated at all. It's a great question. First of all, remember context. This is a non-Jewish woman who is asking for healing. And there's probably two reasons Jesus reacted this way. First is theological. You see, the unfolding plan of the gospel of God was to go to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles through the Jews. So this does not mean it was to never go to the Gentiles. But at this point that Jesus is dealing with in redemptive history, Jesus was, you know, primarily going to the children of Abraham because that was the order God had laid out. 
However, Jesus definitely interacted with non-Jewish people, right? And the Old Testament clearly predicted the gospel would be brought to the Gentiles through the Jewish people. Jesus would later uh, tell his apostles, take it to the ends of the earth. And he's the one that specifically called Paul on the road to Damascus to suffer much to bring it to Gentiles. Paul usually set the pattern, however, in, you know, whenever he would travel to a city, he would go to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. So the second reason Jesus seems to be saying this to the woman was to test her faith. Would she believe enough to not get caught up with pride? Would she believe beyond all of this? She did, and she was healed by her faith in Jesus. Third and last question. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Do you think there are prophets in the world today? In Acts, specifically chapter 2, it says, In the last days your sons and daughters will prophesy. Maybe a better question would be, uh, are we in the last days? Okay, so the last days in the Bible refer to the days between Christ's ascension and Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, and the end, right, when Jesus comes back. So we are living in the last days. However, the Bible does seem to talk about sort of the end of the last days and some things that will happen then or be ramped up. You quoted Acts 2, and it was at Pentecost in Jerusalem. This is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the first believers. And what they began to do was prophesy, right? And it's here that Peter says this is the fulfillment of the prophet Joel. In other words, Peter is saying that Joel and what he predicted is being fulfilled in the, at this day in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. So we should, should we expect prophecy uh, in the last days? Yes, absolutely. But just keep in mind, like the disciples in Pentecost, most of the prophesying that we see or will see is not giving future events or certainly new truths from God. It is instead giving the good news in a powerful, spirit-powered way, right? That gives biblical truth, warns people to salvation, gives them good news, and then God, he will do mighty things with that truth. We can expect that to happen today and ramp up even more as the days come to a close, whenever that is. We don't know the day or the hour, as Jesus told us. So live ready, but live with trust. The Spirit's power is working in us and through us. All right, that's it for this edition of Ask. Hopefully we'll see you this weekend, five o'clock Saturday, nine or 11 on Sunday. Hey, give us some more of your questions, cornerstonebv.org for all of our content, all of our stuff. This has been Jamie, we'll see you soon.